Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in the CIM Marketing Podcast are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the companies they work for. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. And you know, when I was at school, I had to fill in a questionnaire about careers. And I filled in this questionnaire and it told me that I would be a architect. That would be my future role, an architect. And since that point, I have sold shoes from stilettos to cowboy boots. I have sold fish briefly door to door. Um, I've worked in an unemployment office and for the last 20 odd years or so, I've been a journalist, which shows that careers can be odd and crazy things and they can also be squiggly. And we have an expert with us today about the squiggly career. In fact, she's got a new book out called The Squiggly Career. And this is Miss Sarah Ellis, who is founder of Amazing If. Delighted to have you on the show to talk about what I think is a very compelling topic. Sarah, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to talk to you today about squiggly careers and selling fish and stilettos. What a combination. <laughs> Not at the same time. <laughs> no. None at the same time. I never I never attempt to do it at the same time. Maybe I missed a trick there. Come on then, you tell us, uh, apart from my slightly facile example, what is meant by a squiggly career? Well, I think so often when we think of career, the image that springs to mind is something that looks like a career ladder. Everyone thinks the job to do is to climb the ladder and that defines how successful I am. And it's about following in other people's footsteps and we should all want the same thing at the same time. And we really want to encourage people to let go of the ladder as a useful framework for a successful career. It was, it's about 100 years old now. It doesn't reflect people's experiences or their aspirations because we all know now careers are full of opportunity and obstacles. They're full of choices and challenges. And there was a brilliant quote from the World Economic Forum recently where they said, we used to go to work to learn to do a job and now learning is the job. And on average, we will have five to six, and that's probably a conservative estimate, careers so not jobs careers during wow. our working life the idea of retirement is rapidly changing so we're probably all going to be working in different ways and for longer and also this idea of early in your career you have to make a choice and then you must stick to that and that's sort of it forever mm. whenever you talk to anybody about their career everyone's career in reality is squiggly everybody has knotty moments there's definitely no such thing as a straight line to success. And careers are also really personal. So what matters to you and what's really meaningful for you, Ben, say in your career, will be really different to me, will be really different for all of our listeners today. So we really want to support people with very practical skills so that you can feel like you're drawing your own squiggle, essentially. You're not following a formula or doing what other people think you should do or even what you might think you should do. You're really deciding, you're really active about your career, which is worth doing because we all spend so long at work, right? 
We do. We do. I love this. I love this concept straight away. The first thing you said near enough was let go of the ladder. What a brilliant mantra that is. Let go of the ladder. We have been taught about career ladders. We hear it all the time, haven't we? You're saying yep. it's a nonsense. It's outdated. It's an anachronism to have this idea of the ladder. We have five to six careers typically in our lives. And nor do we retire in the same way that we once did. I don't, my aim is actually not to fully retire, yeah. actually, to do things that interest me, which is things like this, but maybe do fewer of them and less of them or do them in a different way and I think that's common to many people draw your own swiggle you're saying draw your own swiggle I mean it's a wonderful concept it's a liberating concept is it a concept that employers and industries share though Sarah it is now but I say now so when we first started talking about squiggly careers back in 2013 individuals got it really quickly. So when we were first, uh, you know, running workshops, everybody straight away went, yeah, you're right, we should let go of the ladder. Then we talked to companies and they weren't quite so sure. Companies have lots of layers, lots of hierarchy. Um, and also they've the legacy of the ladder is very present in lots of organisations. So, you know, we get asked in interviews, where do you see yourself in five years time? What's your next step? All those things that take us back to the ladder, because step we think, oh, we must take a step up, otherwise we're failing. Who can have a five year plan that is actually realistic and useful? Nobody. Mm -hmm. I'd get rid of that interview question if I could. And so initially, I think organisations were still grappling with having to unlearn something that has been around for a long time and relearn and basically rewire how they thought about career progression. But now I would say organisations of all shapes and sizes really embrace squiggly careers. We don't sell it. I don't feel like I sell squiggly careers to organisations. What we sell is um, we really want to upskill people with the right skills to succeed in those squiggly careers. And there's maybe some hard changes that aren't going to happen overnight. But I don't spend much time convincing people anymore that squiggly careers are a thing. It's interesting, isn't it? I love your example about the five-year plan question. I hate that question. I hate that question. (laughs) I hate it when I'm told I have to ask it and I hate having to answer it if I'm being interviewed. I think it's a nonsense because the only rational answer to that is, well, it depends on the opportunities that present themselves along the way. How could anybody know what's going to happen in one year or two years, nevertheless, in five five years? I think that word opportunity, Ben, that you just said there, opportunity is a really good word. Um, We often talk about like squiggly swaps. What's better? So if we're going to let go of plans and uh, destinations and titles like okay you've got to have an instead so what should I use instead and I think possibilities opportunities options titles over letting go of titles and instead replacing them with talents so really starting with skills and strengths we are seeing a massive move in organizations uh, like starting with people's skills and strengths and I think that is uh, encouraging because that's much more you know we can transfer our talents you can squiggle and stay in your organization it Mm. shares much more about who you are and what you've got to give if I just know your title I only know a really small slice of who you are and what you do and now titles are so wide-ranging you have no idea what anyone does but actually if you start to talk to me about well what are your strengths um how can you be most useful how can you stretch those strengths to make them even stronger those sorts of questions um are much more useful for individuals but organizations are really on board i think with that sort of thinking i mean i think this is great isn't it because we talk about the pivot nowadays that's a new concept isn't it it's part of a squiggly 
squiggliness, I think, is the pivot. It's these, we, we are trying to get rid of the idea, and thank God we are trying to get rid of the idea that if you want to take a change of direction, yeah, you yeah. necessarily have to change company. I mean, what a, what a crazy concept that is. It's no good for the employee and it's no good for the employer, that this idea that if you want to take a change of direction, you have to leave your employer. We talk about the yeah. pivot. So if we focus on strengths and opportunities rather than job roles and job titles, we're immediately making ourselves more squiggly. Yeah, and I did it in Sainsbury's. So I worked in marketing and yep. then I moved in Sainsbury's to be head of corporate responsibility and sustainability. And I right. had zero knowledge of that area. So I had never worked in that area before. So all I had was how do I transfer the talents that I've already got? And then how do I learn about those things and the gaps that I've got and the things that I need to know? And I think what I really saw from doing that kind of firsthand for myself is a few things need to be in place to make that work, to make that successful. You need a supportive leader. Um, and at that time, I think I, I was probably quite a big risk. You know, someone was taking quite a big risk on me. But I think she could see through the you must tick every box on this job description. And most job descriptions, let's face it, are wish lists, not job descriptions. Yeah. And so I think she sort of saw past that. And I think she saw what I could bring and the fact that I would bring fresh eyes and difference and my leadership skills and some of my creative skills, how that would all be useful kind of in the mix of CR. And what we have seen through research is your learning curve is much, much shorter when you move internally. So if oh. you bring somebody else from the outside in, um, which is good to do too, you know, we all move sometimes between different organisations or different industries, and I've done that as well. But certainly when we squiggle and stay, our speed of how quickly we learn about that role, how quickly, say, I learned about CR was so much quicker in Sainsbury's because I already knew Sainsbury's. I already got some relationships. Mm. You probably got a bit more confidence as a result. And so then you start adding value back to that organisation much faster. I mean, this is fantastic. This is an amazing case study, case study of yourself. There's a, couple <laughs> of to, there's a couple of things to unpack there, which I think the audience will find extremely interesting. The first one, I'll go to this one about the learning curve. Because you've got that little bit more psychological safety, yeah. because you know the environment, you know some of the people, you learn quicker. You tend to learn quicker. Yeah. You can concentrate on the things you need to learn rather than the people you need to know and get to know and so on and so forth. You know, part of the things that scare people about a new job is you are going into a completely new environment, yeah. a completely new building with completely different people. So a lot of it is that social learning, isn't it? You know, you've got to get to know a whole bunch of people again who don't know you. But if you can make that pivot within a company, you don't have to do that stuff. You can concentrate on what you want to know. I mean, this is really interesting. What a switch. You went from marketing to CSR, which is a big leap. You say, you say, I'll take your word for it. You say you didn't know anything about CSR when you made the leap and you had a, a manager, a leader, actually, and she was very accommodating to the idea. Presumably there is a science in trying to find the person who is doing the recruiting, who has that sort of mindset. That, you know, if, you, if you've got someone who's locked in the old unsquiggly past, to make those sorts of pivots is going to be difficult. But if you've got someone with that open-minded mindset and you can identify that person, you are more likely to be able to squiggle yourself. Well, I think you can spot the leaders who look for talents and strengths and skills over titles and have they done this exact thing before in this exact way. And often those leaders are learners themselves. So right. you, you see that the behaviours that they role model, and I think role modelling is so critical. I think it's the most important thing that managers and leaders do, because what people do is so much more important than what people say. So when I was thinking 
you know, I'm naturally curious. I quite fancy moving out of marketing for a bit. I love marketing, but I'd like to kind of explore transferring my talents. I looked for leaders who I could see were sort of always learning, really energetic, really open. They were really curious because I felt like, well, they are much more likely to then give me that same opportunity because they value those things. I've also had an interview before where I talked to somebody about something I wanted to learn. And this person basically said to me, I think that's a complete waste of time. And I remember thinking, right, if you think that that is a waste of time, that learning, it's a good way of finding your fit. I always say, like, try and find your fit because I went, you you are not going to be the right leader for me because you are very fixed in what you think this should look like. And we often talk about, you know, fixed versus growth mindset or sort of um, being a limited learner or a limitless learner. You look for those limitless learners. And I could see in um, Alex Cole, who I went to work for, um, I could see that she had just got that energy and enthusiasm and that she really wanted me to succeed it didn't mean it was easy like you know I was I was working for someone who really knew that area well so I knew nothing and she had done that similar job before so you really felt the gap of what you didn't know it felt really obvious and so it definitely felt like you know a steep learning curve a fast learning curve but it's also interestingly the job that I stayed in for the longest in any of my corporate roles wow um I think it just had the most learning an opportunity for me um, and I did go back to marketing um, in Sainsbury's I squiggled and stayed back to marketing eventually but I stayed in CR for, for a long time because I just I loved the difference and I could see the impact that I could have. CIM membership will help support and inspire you at every stage of your marketing career. Sign up now for a range of exclusive benefits including access to our monthly webinars. Find out more at cim.co.uk forward slash membership. Uh, the job that you stayed in longest was the one where we, we you you had the most squiggle and you yeah. the, the person who, this lady Alex Alex Cole had the right mindset to allow you to squiggle she focused on your strengths and what you could bring rather than what you'd done in the past in your experience so the message to leaders and managers be more Alex but nevertheless <laughs> she nevertheless, would love that as well <laughs> oh, she that. well if she's listening be more she Alex. will <laughs> <laughs> um but there's a bit of shift somewhere there's definitely been a shift. I mean, there are the Alexes of this world are you you are suggesting becoming more commonplace. They were a rarity, and now they're becoming more commonplace. They're not necessarily the norm, but they the shift is on. What do you think has caused that shift in industry? Is it, are, there, are there happenstances that have triggered some sort of change in mindset from employers? So, firstly, I think every organisation is getting flatter. No organisation is adding more hierarchy, and so. Actually, if you think about the business case for squiggly careers, the kind of the cold, hard facts, essentially, of squiggly, organisations can't just uh, promise progression equals promotion. That very kind of binary thing about progression. And so I think we've got to rethink what does growth and progression look like and sort of decouple it from, well, I must get promoted to a more senior version of what I do today. I think that limits us as individuals and it limits our organisations. That's not where organisations need people to be. They actually now need people to do um, a lot more what's described as learning agility, which is succeeding in first time situations. So because organisations are dealing with so much more uncertainty, there's much more complexity and less things that are complicated. So things that are complicated are still hard, but you can base what you're going to do on what's gone before. So you think, well, this happened in the past. We can sort of do something similar and, and we've got a good chance of succeeding. When you've got complexity 
You can't rely on what you already know to help you succeed. You're starting from scratch. You're navigating newness. You're navigating a lot of uncertainty. And so actually those sort of, they're sometimes described as like meta skills, but just like big, important skills, essentially. Those things are becoming more and more important in organisations. So organisations need people who they can sort of go, well, actually, our priority now is we now need to launch this new product in this different country. Right. Who can we bring together to make that happen? It's less about where you've worked before. It's more about what have you got learning agility? Uh, what talents can you bring? What skills can you bring? So I think when when organisations are sort of thinking about what do they need to reach their goals, to achieve their quarterly objectives, all those kind of like the day-to-day practicalities of a successful organisation, they need what they describe as internal mobility and what Mm -hmm. we describe as squiggle and stay. They need people to do that because you suddenly think, well, this person's brilliant, but we now need two people in this area, not five. I don't want to lose those three people. Actually, I might want those three people to then go and work in a different area because actually we need more resource over there so that's sort of I think of it as like the flow much more kind of free flowing of like where you sit and how you spend your time it's more of a project mentality isn't it yeah, you're trying it to create is. teams for projects teams for ventures rather yes. than you know in the, in the sort of the quasi sort of stereotypical past we were in factories yeah, yeah. and we all produced the same thing day after day after day but now it's more of a project mentality here's the opportunity to use your favorite word opportunity how can we squiggle our people into that opportunity do it for a year or two years then move them on to the next opportunity yeah. it's letting go of seeing yourself in a box And this might be uh, my age telling here, but certainly when I started my career and I mainly worked in very, very big corporates, you're sort of you're always in a box because you are literally in an organisational diagram in a box. So you sort of get boxed in. Um, Titles do become more important. And then you're very aware of how you sit versus all the other boxes. And then I think you fall into traps around comparison and getting stuck we hear that word quite a lot with careers I feel like I'm stuck or I'm stalling and that's often because you get very anchored in seeing yourself with where you are today and that's often what we're trying to help people sort of get away from I think that boxing starts earlier than the workplace I think that boxing starts at school doesn't it do you not think? Oh, at the start of the show, I said that I had to fill in. We all had to fill in this questionnaire, and it said you, your job is an architect. That's what you will be. I yeah. Mean, I don't know how that happened, but I had some early interest in houses. I don't know or whatever, but 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 I've been done nothing like that, and I, nor do I wish to do it. Um, <clears throat> well, what's reassuring is certainly I've got a six-year-old who is being taught growth and open mindset at primary school. Um, right. And, you know, we are starting to see we are getting um, approached by lots more schools, universities, colleges around squiggly careers. And they're sort of saying, well, how do we take what you do? Because we mainly do it for working people. But how could we make this useful for people, basically young people? Um, So work like we do work on something called gremlins. So confidence gremlins, beliefs that hold you back. We've been running sessions with organisations all over the world on those. And then we get these emails from somebody saying, oh, I use those gremlins with my daughter because she's struggling because she's just changed schools or um she feels she has a real gremlin around not being liked or about comparison and so parents have just started to use these gremlins with their kids and then that's so interesting because I'm like oh if we can help people with those skills knowing that their careers are going to be squiggly I don't want people to worry about their jobs before they need to but actually just some of the skills I think as a starting point around building your self-belief thinking about what you enjoy what you're good at I think those things um, stand you in really good stead, whether you're 16 or 56. 
focus on squiggly and squiggly strengths and rather than being locked into a box you know you, you, i remember i mean it probably still happens sadly it probably still happens you know they, those sorts of catch lines you heard from teachers you're going to get a shot when you hit the real world or <laughs> yeah. you know, do you know where you want to be in 10 years time well first of all probably everybody gets a shot when they hit the real world because it's different to being at school yeah. it, it may not be a bad shock in some no. some people probably find it a good shock um Nobody knows where they want to be in 10 years' time. So we need to stop saying this stuff in schools, don't we? Yeah, I think so. And actually, we get a very different reaction to squiggly from people um, just leaving education to everybody else, which is interesting. So most of the time, people will give us feedback that the thing we do best is we are useful and practical. We're sort of relentlessly practical, um, unashamedly so. But when I talk to um, people who are sort of 21 or 20 and I talk about, you know, I introduce this diagram of it's not a ladder, it's a squiggle. And then I talk to those people afterwards. What they say to me is they feel really relieved. And I was like, relieved? That's not the word I I typically hear. And the reason for that is I think sometimes they're putting so much pressure on themselves to make the perfect decision. And I always say to that group, I always try to remember to tell them some brilliant advice I got from one of my mentors, which is um, I was a real dilemma like about a decision, like what career choice shall I make? And he just said to me, Sarah, never forget that your next job won't be your last job. And you notice that ability to zoom out a bit and to know that you're going to have five or six types of career and don't choose a job just because the title looks great or because it's what your parents think you should do choose the job where you're going to learn the most choose the job where you um, are going to be surrounded by people who you'll find interesting and you'll kind of learn by osmosis and often when I'm talking to people there just the ability to let go of I must make the right choice and instead I'm going to treat my career certainly for the first part of my career if not all of it as a series of experiments and you see people going like oh okay that's a different framing because I think that's what our careers become. They're a series of experiments. We hopefully get a bit smarter each time with each experiment. We adjust, we get some data for our development. We get a bit closer to those things where we get to use our strengths more. We figure out what do we enjoy a bit more? What do we enjoy a bit less? Um, And we just sort of squiggle and we just sort of keep finding our way as we go. And I just don't want people to have that pressure of feeling like where I am today is where I must always be. It's interesting, isn't it, that the point of making a decision, we tend to probably, as humans, overemphasise how critical that decision is at that point. Yeah. Because as you say, what it really is, is when you're to choosing whether to take a job or or not, or choosing between jobs or what have you, you, you feel it's make or break. You, you yeah. can feel and that's putting a great deal of pressure on you. But what you're saying is, it's not break or break. It's one in a series of decisions you are going to make along your career. I made a disastrous decision when I was um, coming out of uh, Boots and I went to work for LucasAid. And I oh, love yeah. the brand. I love the brand LucasAid because I love sport, um, which probably wasn't enough of a reason to go for this job. But anyway, I did. Uh, and it was a really hard assessment process. And I was so proud to get the job. I was so rubbish at this job. It was an out and out sales job. So selling vending machines and coolers to leisure centres and and workplaces, industrial estates. And they'd already got LucasAid and I had to just try and sell them more. Um, And I'm an introvert who gets nervous meeting new people. I thought I was going to be like developing the new LucasAid brand and I don't know, meeting sports stars in an ideal world. None of that was true, obviously. And it was such a, you know, it was such a wrong turn but made for the right reasons. So, I, you know, I did I did the best I could at that moment with what I knew. 
and how ex you know I wasn't very experienced and I just thought oh that's a great brand like brilliant and I and you know I, I sort of felt like I did really well in the interview I really enjoyed the interview process because you had to talk about a brand that you loved I honestly turned up with mood boards very marketing um mm. that should have been my warning sign I basically applied for a marketing job that was a sales job and that really failed at that role and I think of course it dinted my confidence and I found it really tough but I think it was a good early experience to realize that though a knotty moment can sort of knock you back for a bit, like you will find your way again. Like it might take a bit of time, but it sort of isn't the end of the world. And I think sometimes people are very hard on themselves where they do make a choice and it doesn't work out. As long as you have been thoughtful, I think that's all you can expect of yourself. And you will learn some useful stuff, even from Always. the job that you took. You, even if taking that job was a mistake, you will still learn some useful things from yeah. it. Just as someone said to me, you will always learn things from people you don't like. You will learn yeah. things from jobs you don't like. But try not to overemphasize how critical that decision is at the time, which is one in a series. And yeah. you went from Lucas Aid, you thought, that's not for me. I've learned some good things from it that I can apply to other jobs. I've also learned that I shouldn't be doing jobs like that in the future. Definitely. Uh, and, and you moved on. Yeah, you yeah. Squiggled, you squiggled I on. I squiggled. You squiggled on. I mean, it does change, though. I mean, we talked a lot about mindset. It does require a change in mindset from the traditional, as we've said, from the employer and from the employee. There has been a shift. You know, we talked about being more Alex, going into having that open-minded attitude that this lady gave you sort of such a fantastic opportunity some years ago do you expect that to continue is it just going to be a natural progression where intent i'm i'm god i'm asking you for your 10-year plan now so <laughs> forgive me but looking into your crystal ball do you expect that that natural progression will continue so that companies and employees become more squiggly as time goes on I think so, because that is what we have seen over the past five or six years. Um, and one of the things that we always say to everybody is we want everybody to be really ambitious for where their career can take them. But I just want everyone to define their own version of ambition. And so I think this is where organisations and individuals sort of come together. I think it ends up being liberating for individuals because you decide and you take you have this. We call it a create, not wait mindset when it comes to your career. And it is useful for organisations because they need that sort of flow of people around an organisation. They will need people to squiggle and stay. The world is not going to get more predictable, more linear. Um, there will be more change that the change in uncertainty that is sort of present isn't going anywhere. Um, and so actually the kind of adaptability, the agility, those skills, when we look at the World Economic Forum skills, they sort of look at the skills that are useful now and are increasing in usefulness. Lots of them are the sorts of skills that we've talked about today. Those things that AI can't do for us, which is helpful. Um, and those things where we can we can add value in a different way. We are doing a global experiment with 16 organisations across the world who are all committed to doing three experiments to support their organisations and people to squiggle and stay and to talk about them externally. So whether they work or whether they fail. So things like um, career safaris where you give people holiday days. So in addition to your holiday, you then say, OK, Ben, you get an extra 10 days of um, holiday to go and do career safariing in wherever you work. So you could go and do a week with another team. You could go and do two weeks on a project with another team. You could go and do 10 individual days and basically 
essentially you're trying before you buy but mm. we're now seeing organizations are being much more proactive in how do we really help people to squiggle and stay because it is scary um and we want to help people sort of almost like dip the toe in look before you leap so whether that is things like encouraging career conversations the, the squiggly career safaris squiggly swaps where maybe you and i go oh we're just sort of quite interested in each other's roles we're going to swap roles for a month and we're going to support each other to do that. And then we're going to go back to where we were before. You've not got to stay in those roles. So making it easy, like I'm a big fan of easy experiments in organisations because then they happen and they are much more likely to then stick. If you've got to change every system and structure in a massive company like Sainsbury's or Barclays, it's going to take a long time and or never happen. And so I think we've got to make it really easy for squiggly careers to happen in an organisation not that easy otherwise for companies to know the strengths of their people is it if someone's doing the same job day to day the company's assumption is their strengths are exactly what they see day to day of course they will have other strengths that they don't particularly use necessarily in that role but doing something like a safari as you describe it allows them to discover other strengths in their own people yeah well that's often how you discover like untapped potential oh I didn't realize I could do this but actually I can some organizations are creating um like skills and strengths databases and matching so using tech in a really smart way one of the biggest things that we've seen which is the easiest thing for organizations to do is when they are uh, doing job descriptions internally they just add a line at the top of the job description saying we're open to applicants from different teams and different areas their version of that sentence and just by adding that one sentence they get a massive difference in who applies for those roles because actually you've given everybody open permission let's imagine me back in Sainsbury's and you see that head of CR role like I was probably an anomaly at that point but if you had advertised that role and said okay we're open to people applying from across Sainsbury's like we believe people can transfer their talents come and talk to us about whether you feel like you would be a good fit suddenly kind of gives them the confidence that they need to have the conversation and start to think about Oh, well, what transferable talents have I got? It often tends to be more about how you do a job rather than what you do. Yeah, It's the yeah. hows. It's unlocking your hows that gets you to your transferable talents. But I love that job description hack. I'd love to see loads of organisations do that. That is a top, top tip, isn't it? Put that at the top. Invite people from other silos yeah. and departments to apply. Gives them that psychological safety to apply. Gives them that confidence. Gets them out of their box. And you might find some unvarnished or undiscovered diamonds in your yeah. company. Um, to young marketers, obviously, this is, this is a marketing podcast and people will be interested here that you, you came from a marketing background for, for a major supermarket chain. Um, what about three key nuggets of advice that you can give to young marketers who want to become more squiggly? Yeah, it's a great question. So firstly, we focus today a lot on you and what you can do. And I talk a lot about ownership, but nobody succeeds in their squiggly career by themselves. You have got to get the right people around you. And it's so important to build relationships that go beyond your day job. So think about your career community, the three, four, five people who you're learning with and learning from and make sure they're not all the same. Make sure you're not stuck in sort of an echo chamber trap. Have you got someone who is a brilliant ideator? Have you got someone who's a great challenger, someone who just thinks in a really different way to you? So my first bit of advice would be whether you're an introvert like me or an extrovert like my co-founder who's very extrovert 
people are an incredible source of learning opportunity and possibility. So never neglect that. It will never make it to the top of your to-do list, I promise you. So you have to choose to do that. But other people make a really big difference to how successful your squiggly career is. So that's my first bit of advice. My second bit of advice is really think about what your strengths are and what you want to be known for. You choose your strengths. Don't let your manager tell you what your strengths are or anybody else sort of tell you the answer to that question. You decide what are the two or three things I want to build a reputation for and be recommended for? What do I want Ben to say about me when I'm not in the room? Ask for some strengths-based feedback. See if your intent is matching your impact. Do an energy audit. At the end of every day, ask yourself, what gave me the most energy today? Usually you unlock some good insights on your strengths there. And once you have the awareness of your strengths, always be thinking about how can I make my strengths stronger? Don't worry about other people. So I might say, well, one of my strengths is developing ideas and coming up with stuff from scratch. That's true. And Ben might say, um, oh, me too. And then I might think, oh, maybe it's not one of mine because Ben's so much better at that than me. Doesn't matter. It's all about you investing in those strengths to make you as brilliant as you can be. So know your strengths, grow your strengths and make sure your strengths stand out and show up. And then my third bit of advice, which is a very short one, uh, never live the same year twice. Oh, wow. There we go. That's a great way to finish. Never live the same year twice. Lean into being squiggly. Never live the same year twice. Amazing. Amazing tips. Amazing advice and an amazing book, by the way, if you want to buy it, The Squiggly Career by Sarah Ellis. It's out now. It's a fantastic read. Um, Sarah, it's been great to have you on the show. I'm Thank sure you so it's going much, to inspire, oh, it's going to inspire many of our audience. It's inspired me. It's been great to hear from you. Um, I love the concept of being squiggly, and I don't like the concept of boxes. We don't think there are too many boxes in this world, aren't we? <laughs> we just break the box and, what is it, let go of the ladder. Indeed. It's been great to have you. Hope to see you on the CIM Marketing Podcast again soon. Fantastic advice. This is Sarah Ellis, founder of Amazing If and author of The Squiggly Career. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. CIM Marketing Podcast.